good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us this morning here at White House Discipleship Center. My name is Dave Everett, and we're going to be starting a brand new teaching series this morning entitled Everything is a Seed. And so we'll explain more about that in just a moment. Just so you know, all of our teachings are archived on our website at lighthousediscipleship.org as well as our YouTube channel, Lighthouse Discipleship Center. And we also want to say thank you to all of us who are partnering with us with your tithes and your offerings. In case you're wondering how to do so, excuse me, you can find out all that information again on our website at myhousedisciplership.org. So with all that said, let's go ahead and jump into our teaching this morning. And we're going to, again, start a brand new teaching series this morning entitled, Everything is a Seed. Everything. Ultimately, we understand that the, the, the ultimate seed is the Word of God. We're also going to see that Jesus is a seed. We're going to see that we are all, we are born again of an incredible seed. But we're also going to uh, touch on everything to see. Everything that we think, everything that we say, everything that we do is a seed. Everything operates under the principle of a seed. Okay? Everything is potential. Everything is potentially a seed. Every thought, every action, every every uh, emotion, everything is a seed. This is not only true in the physical realm. This is also true in the spiritual realm. And the and the physical we're gonna find out too that the physical realm, all the seeds and all, all everything that comes from seeds from the physical realm came from the ultimate seed of God's word in the spiritual realm. The physical realm, all the seeds in the natural are a manifestation of what was true in the spiritual. And we're going to also see that the kingdom of God operates like a seed. So everything in the kingdom of God operates like a seed. But although this is true about the kingdom of God, this is also true about the power of darkness. Because everything in its realm operates from a seed. So a seed can be a weed, something that's negative, wrong, evil, or it can also be something that's good, okay, and wholesome. And so everything is a seed. That's why the title of this series is Everything's a Seed. We're also, also going to be focusing, <coughs> excuse me, the majority of our teaching in, in future weeks about the good seed and the seed that we want to see come out of our lives and the harvest that will come out of that seed. But we also need to recognize at the same time that everything's a seed, even the negative, even things in the power of darkness. Okay? Everything is a seed. Excuse me. Whether that be good or whether that be bad. Everything comes from a seed. Okay? Our, again, everything's a seed. Our thoughts, our words, our actions, our expressions are seeds. <coughs> Do you know you can sow a seed into someone's heart based on your expression? Okay? Uh, our body language can be a seed. How we give, how we hear can be a seed. Even in the business realm, marketing can be a seed. Okay? Attitudes can be a seed. Whether you worry or fear can be a seed. Faith it can be a seed. Trust can be a seed. Influence can be a seed. Even, I got to even touch on that this morning, how you pay your bills can be a seed. Okay? Uh, the Word of God is a seed. And the list can go on and on and on. 
everything is a seed, both in the physical, natural realm, and also in the spiritual. And the, and the spiritual created the natural. And so, even the whole physical realm is, a, is the harvest of the seed of God's word. God said, "Let there be light. Let there be." That there, he created the oceans. He created the land. He created every tree. He created every insect. He created everything by the seed of God's word. So it's a harvest of that. Everything that's in the kingdom of God operates from a seed, and so does from the power of darkness. So see, in other words, everything's a seed. A seed is how the kingdom of God works. But it's also how the power of darkness works, too. And we have to understand that. We have to come to terms with that. We have to uh, uh, comprehend that to a certain level. Every seed, well, at the same point in time, every seed comes with, let me say this again, every seed carries within it the nature of its source. Okay? In Genesis 1-11, where our key verses we'll be using in this series at least for today. <coughs> and he says, And then God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit, according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth, and it was so. So again, everything is a seed. And everything, and yes, here we are talking about Genesis 1-11, we're talking about the, the fruit trees and the grass and whatnot, the natural creation. But it all yields fruit according to its kind. And within every fruit are more seeds. You're not going to open an apple and find orange seeds. You're not going to open an avocado and find watermelon seeds. Okay? Every fruit has seeds of its own kind. It yields fruit of its own kind, but within that fruit also has more seeds of its own kind. Every seed carries within the nature of its source. And we're going to unpack some of this uh, as we go on. But let me just establish right off the get-go that every seed produces after its own kind. Whether it's a natural seed, it's going to produce a natural harvest. If it's a spiritual seed, it's going to produce a spiritual harvest. If, um, you know, um, if it's a seed of the kingdom of God, it's going to produce good fruit. If it's a seed from the power of darkness, it's going to produce bad fruit. Okay? Every seed will produce after all kind. Every thought, if it's a good thought, a wholesome thought, a godly thought, a thought of faith, it will produce good seed, a good harvest. And within that good fruit are more seeds for even an expanded harvest. If you are worrying and fear, that's a seed. And it will produce fruit of its own kind. And within that fruit will be more seeds to produce more fruit of that kind. Are you following me so far? See, seeds, everything is a seed. Good or bad. Natural or spiritual. It's how the world works. 
Every monkeys beget monkeys, dogs beget dogs, ladybugs beget ladybugs, and then on and on we can go. Okay, and so, but that's also not just in the the physical in the sense of an insect or a, an animal or a human, but also in the in the natural in the sense of fruit and vegetation and, and, and flowers and whatnot but also in the natural in the sense of the psychological and the mental and the financial and, 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 and we can take this in the business realm, we can take this in the family, we can take this to, to the home, which is a family, we can talk about the physical, the body, we can talk about, but we can also talk about the spiritual, both good and bad. Okay, and so Every seed <coughs> me, carries within, this, within the nature of its source. Okay? And it produces to their own kind. But what do you do with seeds? Okay? We talk about seeds. What do you do with seeds? If you want more of it, you need to plant them. And then planting them, you need to water them, and fertilize them, and nurture them, guarding them. But if you want more, you need to plant what you have, so you can have more. A seed doesn't do anything if it's just in a package, or in a box, in a container, in your hand. Okay? You can't plant something you don't have. But just holding on to it and never planting it, it's not going to grow either. And some of us, we have worry and we have fear and we are planting that thing like there's no tomorrow. Okay? And yet on the other side, we have faith. The spirit of faith. We have Jesus. We have the word of God. And some of us are just holding on to that seed. We're not doing anything with it. Okay? We need to nurture the seed. We need to plant them. We need to nurture them. What is the purpose of seeds? The purpose of seeds is to grow and multiply what we have. <coughs> God told Adam and Eve to be fruitful and multiply. I don't think he was just talking about childbearing, even though that's included. And probably one of the main things he was talking in that context of that phrase. But they were also the caretakers of the Garden of Eden. God planted it, God created it, God established it. But now they were the caretakers of that. Okay? And so they have work to do. So as we're talking about the purpose of seeds, and we're going to still unravel this because I haven't really answered that question yet, we need, need to also. As we are unpacking what is the purpose of a seed, what's our responsibility? Okay? What, what is our purpose in this process of seed, time, and harvest? Before I fully go there, let me just bring some scriptures to the context. First of all, if we understand that every seed produces after its own kind, well, what kind are we? <laughs> what seed are we? 
It says in Peter, 1 Peter 1.23, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Now we'll talk about in great length about the word of God being a saint, of being, being the seed. And you and I are born from the seed of God's word, which is an incorruptible seed, not incorruptible. And if we are going to produce fruit according to his kind, we need to know what kind we are. We're born again. We're not flesh and blood anymore, according to 2 Corinthians 5.16. We are born again of an incorruptible seed by the word of God. And we are to produce according to his kind. And within us, the fruit, that fruit of the incorruptible seed is more seed. We're supposed to plant us, the word of God is in us, the word of God where we're born of, so we can see more coming to the kingdom. We'll unpack that more as we go uh, in the series, not so much today, even though we'll touch on it. Uh, it's just, we need to know who we are. Okay, that makes sense? And in Luke chapter 8, we're going to be bouncing back between Luke, Mark, and Matthew a lot. But in Luke 8, 11, Jesus gives a parable. This is the seed, the parable of the sower. <coughs> in Luke chapter 8, it's also found in Mark and Matthew, that's where we're going to be talking back and forth. Jesus said this is the parable of all parables. If you don't understand this parable, you can't understand any of the parables. Okay, so we need to understand the parable. And we'll be unpacking that parable as we go. But I just want to make some points here at the get-go that the seed is the word of God. Now we'll find out more things that the seed also is representative of. Because everything's a seed. <laughs> okay? And there, there are many aspects of the seed when it comes to the kingdom of God. And in the parable of the sower, the parable that's a parable of all, so all parables, is the seed is the word of God. And the seed of the word of God, going back to Genesis 1.11, will produce fruit of its own kind. And within that fruit is more seed produce more of its own kind. Okay? And so, and also, in Mark 4, 26 to 27, it says, and he, Jesus said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground, and should sleep by, by night, and rise by day, and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. <coughs> Excuse me. So, Again, I've already touched on it, but I just want to bring scripture here. The kingdom of God is like a seed. The kingdom, so the seed is the word of God. And the word of God created us in Christ Jesus. Okay, we'll, we'll spend more time with that later. But the seed, the kingdom of God is as if a man scatters seed. So how does the seed even get planted? We do it. It's like a man who should scatter seed on the ground, and we'll talk about the ground in just a few moments, and should sleep by night and day, and right, to sleep by night and rise by day, and the seed should sprout and grow. But he doesn't know how. See, it's not our responsibility, because remember I asked the question, what's the purpose of the seed? What's our responsibility in it? 
It's not our responsibility to sprout and grow the seed. Because we don't even know how it is. Heavens. But our responsibility is to scatter the seed. To plant the seed. That makes sense? So we need to not only understand who we see we are, we also need to understand where do we where, where do we fall in this plan? A farmer doesn't make the seed grow, the farmer nurtures his crops. So it plants the seed, it, it plows the ground, it gets the soil prepped, it plants the seed, it waters it, it neutralizes it, nurtures it. I don't know if I said that right, neutralize, I don't know. That sounds bad. But anyway, um, it nurtures it, and then it harvests the seed. But it grows by itself, because God is the grower. <coughs> okay? So everything in King God is, works according to the principle. And again, let me just go back here a minute, because the, the seed is the word of God. It's God's word. Okay? Everything in our life, everything in life needs to be sowed by the Word of God. Right? Did you catch that? Everything in life needs to be sowed by the Word of God. Our minds need to be sowed by the Word of God. Our bodies need to be sowed in the Word of God. Our emotions need to be sowed in the Word of God. Our actions need to be sowed in the Word of God. Our expressions need to be sowed in the Word of God. Our giving, giving not only of our finances, but giving of our time and our resources, needs to be sowed in the Word of God. Our faith needs to be sowed in the Word of God. Because faith come, what does faith come from? The Word of God. Our attitudes need to be sowed in the Word of God. Our trust, the things that we're trusting and relying on, resting in, need to be sowed in the Word of God. Our influence. We have influence, good or bad, in everyone that we come in contact with. It needs to be sowed in the Word of God. Our bills, our finances, the money coming in and the money going out, needs to be sowed in the Word of God. What we hear. See, when we talk about seeds, and we talk about everything to see, our thoughts, our words, our actions, what we say, what we do, what we think is a seed, but also what we hear. The seeds that we hear, the things that we see, those are seeds being planted in our hearts. When we say something, or we do something, we are planting seeds in other people's hearts. But when we hear something, we are receiving other seeds that are someone else's scattering seed, good or bad, and we need to be careful what we hear. And if one of the safeguards being careful what you hear is that your heart is being sown in the Word of God. Am I making sense? <coughs> Remember the parable of the sower is the parable of all sowers, and Jesus talks about this in both Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Or, or I don't know why I say that. Both Matthew, Mark, and Luke recorded this, and they had their own versions of this of this parable that they shared. You know, it's kind of like 
that there was a car accident, and both you and I saw it, and the, the, the police came and whatever, took our report. You're only going to see your version of the accident. I'm only going to see my version of the accident. And the people involved are only going to see their version of the accident. But then sometimes when you put it all together, you see the whole version of the accident. <laughs> okay, not just my version, not just your version. And, and, and sometimes it's nice to collaborate all of our versions together. Well, that's the same thing with Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Uh, given their eyewitness accounts of what Jesus said in the parable of the sower. And when I say, so we establish that the word of God is a seed, but there's something that Mark says, something that Luke says that I that always stuck, stuck with me through the years. And the first one's from Mark, and he says, well, we already established this. In Mark 4, 24, then, then he said to them, Take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use it, it will be measured to you, and to who, who hear, more will be given. Now, I'll spend more time with the latter part later. But we can see, and hopefully you're following my color codes here uh, in this series, but those who use it, those who sow the seed, more will be given. That's just a natural thing. If you plant a seed, you're going to get more of what you, you plant. Okay. We'll deal with that later. What I'm focusing on right now is that we take heed what we hear. Luke says it this way, take heed how you hear. He also tagged on the same thing Mark just said, to whoever has, more will be given. There's seed and the harvest. Okay. Just like you saw in Mark. You use it, more is given. You have it, more is given. <coughs> Mark, I think, gives a little bit more than Luke does, just because you have it, if you don't do anything with it, you know, it's not, not going to produce, but if you have to use what you have, more will be given. But that's not what I'm talking about so much right now. Even though that's true, and that's a powerful point, I highlighted it. What I want to do in right now, just for this moment, is that Mark says, we need to take heed what we hear. And Luke says, we need to take heed how we hear it. Because if we're talking about seed, everything is a seed, most of what we're going to be talking about is what the seeds that we are selling. But we also need to take heed to what seeds we are allowing to come into our garden. The garden of our mind. The garden of our heart. And by doing that, if we're going to be a, see a good gardener, a good farmer, he's going to take heed what comes into his crop, what comes into his fields. Whether that be if 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 if, if, if you if you start going to a farmer's field and just start trespassing on his field, he might come out you with a shotgun and whatever he might need to do to get you off his fields. If he got too many birds, he might do something to get the birds or the insects out of there. If deer were coming in or, or different rodents were coming in eating his crops, he's going to deal with it so he takes heed what's going to come into his crops. We are the gardeners of our own heart. We are the gardeners of our own minds. And we need to take heed what we hear, and we need to take heed how we hear. We need to take heed what seeds are being planted into the soil of our hearts. Am I making sense with that? 
Okay? So, because everything you see, everything you see, everything you hear, everything you witness, whether it be on social media, whether it be in your family, whether it be in the world, whether it be in your church, whatever it might be, on TV, on radio, and music, whatever you hear, you need to take heed what you hear and how you hear it. Because just because you hear it, also the perception and the mindset of how you hear it. I can preach you the truth. But if you're not, if how you're hearing it is being filtered through other junk, or whatever the case would be, no matter how good, see, the sower, the seed is the word of God. It's good. It's holy. It's good. But in the parable of the sower, we got four different outcomes of the same seed. Why are there so many outcomes? Why do we see some people... Some Christians are blessed, physically blessed, financially blessed in every which way. They're not in addiction and sin. But other people that are, that are believers, or they're struggling with sin, or they're struggling with finances, or they're struggling with sickness, or whatever the case would be, or the combination thereof. Because we need to take heed not only of the bad seed, what we hear, we, we not only need to be gardeners of the bad stuff coming to a cross. We need to take heed what we hear in the Word of God, what we're hearing from the right preachers and teachers and pastors in our lives, and what and how we're hearing it. You can, <coughs> excuse me, I know there's a lot of bad churches out there, but there's also a lot of good ones. And we can all be in a good church. But if how we are hearing is different than your neighbor, or even your spouse, the results can be different. Am I making sense? And so we need to take heed what we hear and how we hear. Because everything in life needs to be filtered through the Word of God. And the Word of God is a seed. But we all are hearing different things. And we all have a different way of how we are hearing it. We're all filtering what we're hearing through a different filter. Okay? See, our spirit man, spirit, soul, body, our spirit man that is born again, needs the continual influence of the Word of God. Not just at one time. Not just once a week. Not just one hour a day. We need the continual influence of the Word of God. If you are only being influenced by the Word of God one day out of the week, but the other six days you're being influenced by the, 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 the crap of this world... <laughs> Excuse my language, but guess which one is being done in your heart? If you're, be, you're, if you're being influenced by the Word of God one hour a day or 15 minutes a day, but the other 23 hours a day you are being influenced by the judge of this world, guess which one is sowing more seed in your heart? Okay. See, I'm going to get to it. And everything's a seed, whether it be good or bad, whether it be the good seed or be or whether it be the weeds. And there's only so many nutrients in the soil that your field, your heart, can be. You know, you can have a good crop with a few weeds in there. Or you can have a bad crop where you have 
mostly weed and a few good seeds in there. Or a mixture of What's being dominant in the field of your heart? Is it a bunch of good seed? Or maybe some weeds here and there? Or do you have a heart that's full of weeds? With little or nothing growing good in your heart. What's in your crop? Because what are you processing? What are you allowing into your heart? Guard your heart without diligence because out of it flows the issues of life. Proverbs 4.23 See, our spiritual man needs the control or the, the continual influence of the Word of God. Because this is how our lives become transformed. This is how our minds become renewed. This is how we this is how we see healing in our bodies. This is how we see finances increase. This is how we see the kingdom of God expanded by the continual influence of the Word of God. You show me who have a continual diet. In the word of God, a good diet. You will see someone who they might be living a life of sin, but they're not being transformed by the renewing of their mind. You show somebody, someone, someone who's struggling with sickness, cancer, some disease, and they start having a continual diet of the word of God regarding healing. You're going to see the body get healed. I can tell you. I can give you testimony after testimony after testimony of many people who they were diagnosed with a vicious disease or cancer and they got into the word of God regarding healing and that cancer, that thing dried up and is gone. Same thing with finances. You can have a continual diet of the word of God on finances and you'll see increase in your financial You give me someone who's continually in the Word of God, and that seed of God's Word is in itself, there's more seeds to be scattered. And you'll see someone, I'll show you someone who is using the Word of God, the seed that's in their heart, and they're scattering that seed like crazy because they got so much they can't contain it all to themselves. If you have a continual influence on the Word of God, and the Word of God is not just the ink, it's a person, his name is Jesus, and you have a relationship with God, you will see your mind renewed, you'll see your life transformed, you'll see your body healed, you'll see your finances increase, and you'll see the kingdom of God expand. And that's just some of the benefits, there's more. Okay. <coughs> but with that in mind, let's go to Matthew 12, 35, and I'm going to look at it from the New Living Translation here, and it says, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And, a, <coughs> excuse me, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. So, both a good person and an evil person produces something from the same source. The difference between a good person and an evil person is 
What's in the treasury? What's in the soil? Because everything's a seed. You're seeing seed time and harvest right here. What's being produced is based on what's been planted in the heart. A good person can't produce evil when it's not when it's not in there. For example, if you plant corn, you should not be surprised when tomatoes pop up. If you plant watermelon, it should be you should not see corn pop up in your fields. If you plant an apple tree, you shouldn't be mind-boggled because the oranges come out. Why? Because whatever goes into the heart is what is produced. The good man, person, produces good things from the treasury of the good heart. And the evil person from the treasury of the evil heart. What? Everything, remember, everything produces at its own kind. You can't plant apples and put, get oranges. It doesn't work that way. <coughs> you can't plant junk in your heart 23 hours a day, 6 days a week, and produce good in your heart. You also can't be spending all your time with God and His Word and in His church and produce evil treasure because it's not there. That seed hasn't been planted. But if you don't like, in other words, if you don't like your harvest, then you need to change your seed. Don't get mad at God when you are the gardener of your heart. And you're letting junk in your heart, and you're wondering why there's not a harvest of good in the treasury of heart, because you don't have good in that treasury. Six days out of the week, 23 hours out of the day, you've been planting other junk. And everything's a seed. And all those seeds are producing more than an hour a day, uh, one day a week. I'm being a little facetious here, but I'm making a point. What's dominant? What are you planting? What are you watering? What are you nurturing, fertilizing? What are you gardening in your heart? Because it's everything to see. Because the kingdom of God and the power of darkness work the same way. Depending on what you're putting into that treasury. Your heart. I want to go back to this moment too. Because when we talk about the, the kingdom of God is good, produce good seeds and the power of darkness will produce bad seeds. Also known as weeds. You know that the, the number one weed that you can produce is complaining and fear. And I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but some of you are in the word of God going to church, but you spend most of your time complaining and worrying about stuff, you are actually cursing your fields. 
Because the worry and the complaining is seed too. And some of you spend more time complaining and worrying about stuff, and you're wondering why the good's not happening, and bad keeps happening, because in the treasury of your heart, you can be complaining and worrying. You've been scattering that seed like wildfire. Like there's no tomorrow. Some of you can't sleep at night. All you think about is what you're worrying and complaining about instead of putting your hope in God. And faith is not a seed in your heart. Worry is. And you're wondering why tomatoes are coming out when you're planting corn all day. Not corn, because you've been planting tomatoes. Okay, we, everything's a seed. Everything. Every emotion, every thought, every what's in your heart. What's in your heart? What are you planting there? You can't expect good fruit when you're planning worry and fear and complaining and murmuring and complaining. You're planting weeds and they're spreading like wildfire. And you need to get in the Word of God and put your hope and faith in God and stop complaining. You need to let the Word of God be the weed killer of your murmuring and complaining. Do you know that anything that's not a faith is sin? A lot of times when we look at this evil, we think of drugs and alcohol and pornography and different things. And those are all evil. I'm not minimizing those. And gossip. But you know that anything, that, anything that's not a faith is sin? I think that's Romans 14, 23. I believe that's a reference. I know it's in Romans chapter 14. But anything that's not a faith is sin. Sin, sin, folks. I don't care what label you put on it. Sin is sin. Sin is missing the mark. When you think it, 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 it says in Hebrews, without faith it's impossible to please God. And worrying and murmuring and complaining is not faith. Do you know the number one reason why they did not go to the promised land was because of unbelief. Murmuring complaining. And God called that rebellion. Hebrews chapter 14. I mean, Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 4. Excuse me. The one sin, singular, that kept them out of the promised land was not believing God. Anything that's not of faith is sin. I'm not saying this to get on your case. I'm saying this as weed and feed to your heart that you need to starve your worry and you need to feed your faith. You need to change your heart. If you want a different harvest, you need to change what you're what you're fertilizing and what you are sowing. Some of you are watering and fertilizing that worry. And it has become a, it has become a tumbleweed. It's become so strong. And you're wondering why what you're praying for, what you believe in God for, is not working. Because really in all reality, your heart in the treasury of your heart, you have never sown that faith. It's been so controlled by weeds. 
called murmuring and complaining and whining and worrying. And it's taking all those nutrients that were meant for God's plan and purpose for your life, and it's growing a harvest of weeds. And it's your your what what you're wanting to believe God for doesn't have any nutrients to grow. You can't grow both weeds and good seed at the same time in the same in the same uh, field. One of them's going to be dominant. Okay? So again, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. In chapter 13, he says, But he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word of God and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some 60 and some 30. Now, I'm not going to take a lot of time here. I might come back to this later in our teaching about unpacking this a little bit more. But I want you to see throughout all these scriptures I'm bringing to you, even though I'm not expounding it on all of them, is that there's seed and there's a harvest. Okay? The key for the Word of God to produce a, a, a good fruit is that you hear the Word of God and you hear what you hear and how you hear. Understanding it. The, the, the seed of God's word won't do you any good if you don't understand it. And so you need, and again, you need, sometimes you need someone like a good teacher and pastor of your life who can take that big stake and cut it up in bite sized pieces. Some of you still need baby food, in a sense. Not to mock you, not to criticize you, but you can't take the meat of God's word until you understand the mouth of God's word and are established in righteousness. What I'm teaching from right now is Hebrews chapter 5. Okay, so by now some of you should be teachers, but you need someone to teach you the first, the elementary teachings of the word of God. Because anyone who is unskilled in the word of righteousness is still a babe. If you don't understand righteousness, you don't understand who you are in Christ, it can be hard for you to understand the meat of God's word. And if you don't understand it, it's not going to produce. The seed is still good. It's always been good. It can't be anything but good. But if we don't hear it, and you can't really fully hear it if you don't fully understand it. And when you hear it and understand it, it has the capacity to bear fruit. And depending on the, the capacity that you are hearing and understanding it, Depends on how much you're producing 160 years. Because even even the 60 and 30, they're not producing full, the full results that they could be producing. And 30 and 60 is better than nothing. Based on the other four, because there's four categories in this whole parable, this is the good soil. The good ground. Okay? But even the good ground has different results based on the application of God's word. I'm not making sense. Okay? And so, one thing we're establishing too is that the ground, the soil, is our heart. Okay? And we have to apply the principle, this whole principle of seed. The seed needs to get to our heart. And based on our heart, what it produces. 
If it doesn't get the, first of all, if it doesn't get in the heart, it can't produce anything. But then it needs to be watered and nurtured. And based on the other three categories in this parable of the sower, we need to make sure there's not weeds and thorns that are choking it out. Rocks and some of them just fall in payment. And immediately the, the enemy came to steal the word of God. We need to get that seed in the word in our heart. And we can't get it in our heart if the heart has not been plowed. Okay? So, in other words, is your heart full of worry and fear? Or is your heart full of the word of God? Which one is there? Because one of them is dominant, not both. Well, I have the word of God, Pastor, but I'm also full of worry and fear. Well, word, I want to say worry and fear is the dominant in your life. It can't coexist with the word of God, and the word of God can't coexist with worry and fear. What is your heart full of? Because only one of them is full. You ever try to plant a garden or a grass? Those weeds are pretty aggressive. Weeds are uh, weeds are selfish. They want all the nutrients for themselves. They don't just look ugly, even though some of them have some pretty flowers on them. <laughs> okay, called wildflowers and whatnot. But the weeds will take all the nutrients that are meant for the good seed, and. Only one of them is going to be dumb in your heart. How do we know which one's dumb in your heart? Based on the outcome. What's coming out? Based on the heart. Based on the fruit. Which one's being? Which one's producing? Which one's producing fruit? Are you getting more and more weeds? Or are you seeing less and less weeds and you're seeing more of the fruit of God's word in your life? Again, Matthew, uh, a good person produces good from the treasury of his heart. Where a bad, an evil person produces from the treasury the evil in his heart. Okay. So, are you, but with that in mind, are you blessing or are you cursing your, your seeds, your fields? You know, with this in mind, we're going to go to Matthew chapter 14 and we're going to be looking at uh, Jesus feeding multitudes. And um, see, someone who is cursing their fields has this attitude or mindset or expression. I only have this. Instead of thanking God for what they have and blessing it so he can bring, instead of blessing the work of their hands. We're going to see this with the parable of the sower. We're going to be reading from the New American Standard. We'll start at verse 17. We'll, we'll see this phrase here in just a moment. And I just kind of tag on to it. We'll come back to it. But the disciples said, they said to him, the disciples said to Jesus, We have nothing here except five loaves and two fish. That's a negative attitude. That's limiting God. That's, we'll, we'll come back to that in just a moment. Let's start at verse 13. When Jesus heard it, he departed from there by boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the multitudes had heard it, they followed him on foot and from the cities. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude 
and he was moved with compassion with them and healed the sick. So that's the scene. And when it was evening, the disciples came to him saying, This is a deserted place, and the hour is already late. Send the multitudes away that they may go to the, into the villages and buy themselves food. But Jesus said to them, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. I just love that. Jesus expected the disciples to feed them. Okay? But what was the disciples' response to Jesus? Jesus just told them what to do. He's a commander-in-chief. He's a lord. He's a guide. He just gave them an instruction. You give them, don't send them away. You're right, they're hungry. We need to feed them. But you feed them. And the response was, we have nothing here except five loaves and two fish. We have nothing except. And it doesn't, doesn't really matter what comes after that. Okay. And he, Jesus said, bring them here to me. And then he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass. And he took the five loaves and the two fish. And looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples. The disciples gave them to the multitude. And so they all ate and were filled, and they took up twelve baskets full of fragments that remained. And now those who had eaten were about five thousand men, besides women and children. Okay, there's a lot here, and I've taught on this many times in different versions of Scripture in the, in the past. But going back to verse 17, the, remember I said about weeds? The disciples, all they did was complain. All, we don't have nothing except five, five loaves of two fish among all these people. How many of us have gotten a word from God? I don't have anything but this. All I have is these bills. I have no money. All I have is this. God can't use me. All I have is this. And we look at what we don't have. In the natural. And we don't hear what we do have in Jesus. Okay? See, there's two responses here. When they got the inventory of the food on hand, out of all the multitudes of people, there's only one boy who brought food for the trip. Okay? And we, out of all the multitudes of people, they only have five loaves and two fish. Disciples saw lack. But, <coughs> but Jesus had a different response. He said, bring them to me. You might be looking at what you have. And the very first thing you can do is bring it, however small it is, to Jesus. Jesus is your source. Am I making sense? Okay. See, the disciples complained. They murmured and complained. All we have is this. All I have is this job. All I have is this. All I have is this house. It's not enough. All we can see is what we have is not enough. That's a stinking attitude. I love you, but I got to call the spade and what the spade is. That's complaining. That's just like the disciples. What did Jesus do? Jesus gave thanks, he blessed it, and he multiplied the fish to feed the multitudes. 
different, different result. Jesus originally told them, you feed them. Jesus did what he told them to do. How many of you are complaining to God to do something he told you to do? You take care of the situation. But all we have is this. How am I going to do this? See, when, when you think of that's all you have, because all you can see is the natural, instead of allowing the Word of God to paint a different picture. See, Jesus didn't see all we have is this. Jesus saw this as more than enough to take it, give thanks, and bless it, and use it. He took this boy's lunch as seed to produce a harvest to feed the multitudes. It was seed. You ever plant a seed in the ground? It always produces more than you sowed. Always. You don't plant an apple seed and get an apple tree and get just one apple. You don't plant um, corn and just get one ear of corn. Okay? You produce more. After some kind. So, again, what seeds are you sowing? Are you going to sow murmuring and complaining? Black, limiting God? Or are you going to sow thanksgiving and blessing and multiply the seed that God has given you? What seeds are you sowing? Are you sowing seeds or are you sowing weeds? See, this is just an illustration. And I like this illustration because Jesus told them to go feed the multitudes. Don't send them away. You take care of it. There's so many people God has brought into your path. And he expects you, by the Spirit of God, through the Word of God, to change the circumstance. Miracles, signs, and wonders, whatever you got to do to change that circumstance, you can do it by the Word of God, by the Spirit of God who lives inside of you. Stop Limiting God, which is going to be, I believe, my next teaching series after this one. I'm going to be talking about limiting God. See, this whole idea of see, of everything is a seed. Everything I'm trying to teach at, teach on this subject matter, and this this message is just an introductory to where we're going. Okay, I'm talking about every corner, every level of your life is a seed. There is not one area, one corner, one level of your life that I'm not trying to touch on this morning. Because everything is a seed. I'm gonna hit I'm hitting on finances, I'm hitting on relationships, I'm hitting on physical, I'm hitting on spiritual, I'm hitting on natural, I'm hitting on the kingdom of God, and I'm hitting on the power of darkness. I'm talking about everything. Every emotion attitude, every thought, every level and corner of your life and my life is being affected by some seed. Because everything is a seed. 
and every seed will produce according to its kind. Okay. Everything we reap in life, all the blessings or curses are con contain seeds of a future harvest. See, not only is every seed producing after its own kind, within every seed is a future harvest. Are you seeing that? See, I'm not just talking about every, every seed produces a harvest. I'm telling you, you can have that harvest, and you can have more. Are you following this? Because this is a major point I'm making right here. God doesn't want you to just yield fruit according to his kind. He wants you to yield fruit. And within that fruit comes more seeds for more harvest. God's good. He's a God of more than enough. He's a many-breasted God. He's more than enough. He's El Shaddai. He's not El Chico. Okay? And everything we reap in life contains seeds for a future harvest. Every fruit contains seed. You know, I'm going to take this whole concept of what I'm talking about and I'm just going to go off on something here for a moment. I'm going to take something negative, a weed, called bills, and I'm going to say how we can apply it there and try to teach it. And to pay how you pay your bills. Because your attitude might be when you get bills, all I have is these bills. I have nothing coming in. I have all this stuff that needs to go out. I have all I have is this to feed, to pay all these creditors, the multitudes. Okay, I'm being facetious right now, but I'm making a point. Okay? And so we can take this concept. Um Everything I'm teaching you right now to how we pay our bills. I'm talking about attitude. I'm talking about mindset right now. Of how you pay your bills. Okay? Rather than complaining about them, which is a weed. I've already, I've already addressed that. Rather than complaining and saying, another bill. When they come in the mail or however they come to you. Another bill, maybe by email or electronically. You can take that bill, and you can do exactly what the disciples did, and you can complain about it. Or you can do what Jesus did give thanks and blessings and provide for your family and your loved ones. You can give thanks for God's provision. Because in most cases, behind that bill is something God has provided. Whether that be electricity, gas, food, a home, a car, fuel, if a car can go somewhere. Whatever that thing might be. Even if it's something fun, like the internet or cable or whatever it might be, or you know, something fun. There was still provision behind that. Okay. And if you give thanks for God's provision, <coughs> excuse me, and 
and sell that seed, pay that payment toward providing for your family. And you, and, and with that attitude, you can change that weed to a seed. This is powerful, folks. I'm talking about every corner of your life. I'm talking about something that most of us receive. See, again, weeds consume the, the nutrients, destroy the good, uh, the growth of the fruitful potential of a plant. I want to say that again. Weeds consume the nutrients. They consume the, the destined growth of the plant that is supposed to be planted. When you plant grass or flowers or fruit tree, that seed, that tree, that plant, that grass has a destiny by God to grow and be fruitful. But weeds will take all that nutrients to prevent that destiny from coming to fruition. And a negative attitude is like a weed that will keep you from your destiny. A negative words are a weed that will keep you from your destiny. Fearful thoughts are like a weed that will keep you from your destiny. Bills are usually behind it or something that was a provision of God. <coughs> now I get some people are spending more than they're making and that's another subject. But even then, I mean, these people, they went on a journey and didn't take any money with them. I mean, any, any food with them. We could argue back with them. They didn't count the costs. Fully on them for not bringing any food on their journey. And we could go on and on and on and on. They, they got this problem because it was their fault. It wasn't the disciples' fault. It wasn't the little boy who had to sacrifice his own lunch to feed all these multitudes. We could go on and on. We can be we can be a Pharisee all our all we want and complain and and and, and the, the problem was their fault. And maybe there's some truth of that. But that's not going to do anybody any good. Jesus never condemned, condemned anybody. He said, you, you be the Let's do a miracle here. And he, all he did was take the boy's lunch, and he multiplied it, and he fed the multitudes with 12 baskets of fragments left over. I mean, anyway, see, we can approach our bills with faith, or we can approach them with dread. We can see, we can see it as a God's provision of meeting our needs and the needs of our family and loved ones, and we can use the bills as an act of thanksgiving and faith. We can approach paying bills with a negative attitude of fear and complain, or we can, which releases the opposite power. Remember, seeds are can be good, but seeds can also be bad. Seeds are how the kingdom of God works, 
and we see the kingdom of God working here in this situation between the multitudes, our seed can also be how the kingdom of, of the power of darkness works. And when we are fearful and complaining and worrying and grumbling and complaining and finger pointing, we release the opposite power. Because all that, all that complaining, all that finger pointing is seeds too. And complaining and fear are weeds that will consume the potential of God working in our lives. See, we could go back to disciples and we could just send them all away. And no one else gets, gets to be healed that day. No one else gets to spend time with Jesus today. No one else gets to have their lives changed today because we had to send them away. Or we can take the loaves and the fish and we can do something with it. So not, not only did they get a meal, not only did a bunch of people get healed and set free, but they all got to witness a miracle of the goodness of God. And we're still telling that story today. Because Matthew wrote it down for us, as well as Mark and Luke and others. Okay. Are you following me? See, we can have an overcoming. No, we can have an attitude that we are overcoming sowers, or we can have an attitude that we are whining victims. But both are sowing. We can sow seeds that we are overcoming by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. No matter what the circumstance is, no matter even if we are at fault for being in that situation, or we can have an attitude, we can be sowing uh, negative seeds by whining that we by being whining victims. Both are sowing. One is sowing into the spirit of God, and one is sowing into the flesh. It is said in Galatians six eight, where he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Everything is a seed. You're either going to reap corruption or you're going to reap everlasting life. You're either sowing to the flesh or you're sowing to the Spirit. God doesn't make people sick. God doesn't curse anyone today. The flesh. If I, if I plant tomatoes in my backyard... They're not going to grow in your backyard. I mean, my wife and I are not going to sit out there one day in the patio and like, Oh, tomatoes! Susie planted tomatoes, and they're growing in our yard. It doesn't work that way. If you sow to the flesh in that field, uh, the flesh will reap corruption. If you sow sin, lack, complaining, all kinds of sin, anything that's not a faith, if you sow to the flesh, not of God, but of the flesh, shall reap corruption. But if you sow to the Spirit, of the Spirit, you'll reap everlasting life. See, it's not just what you're sowing, where are you sowing it? Okay? Are you trying to satisfy the flesh, or are you trying to satisfy the Spirit? I can, I can open a whole can of worms by, by just saying that. 
But some of you have such a religious attitude that you think it's a bad thing that God wants to bless your socks off. And I could spend a lot of time on that. We have a good, good Father. And He wants to bless you. Many times, more ways than you want to be blessed. Amen or all me. Okay? And we can either sow to the flesh that we are whining victims. Or we can sow that we are overcoming by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Yes, we want to eat the fruit to bless other people. But that doesn't mean in the process God doesn't want to bless you too. I, I, there's so much I can go with that. But I'm going to get back to what I'm teaching. Everyone who sows reaps. When you're sowing good seed, you're going to reap. No matter, but you're always going to, you're always going to reap the, the type of seed that you sowed and you're already going to reap it where you sowed it. Okay? And, but everyone will reap so because every seed will produce after its own kind. And if you sow to the flesh, you'll reap corruption. But if you sow to the spirit, you'll reap everlasting life. And complaining, limiting God, is sowing to the flesh. There's so much I can say. I'm just paying for wisdom how the Holy Spirit wants me to go here. Okay. But we will reap what we sow. And I wish I could teach my whole message on don't limit God here. And there's so many other things I could teach on here too. But what seeds are you sowing will depend on what harvest you are reaping. If it's God, it's good. If it's bad, it's a devil. Okay? What seeds are you sowing? And I want to take that to the springboard talking about the seed of faith. Okay? There's more I can teach on, and we'll come back to this later in another session. But in Luke 17, 6, the Lord said, If you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say that this mulberry be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Have you ever seen a mulberry bush? I, I don't know if I've seen a mulberry bush, but I've seen the roots of one. Sherry and I, a few years ago, uh, we lived in a house with a big planter in the front, and we got permission from the landlord. And we dug up those roots. It took us about two weeks to dig those roots up. They were so thick you couldn't even get a shovel to penetrate the soil. And those roots were everywhere. But if you have faith 
as a mustard seed, you can say to the mulberry bush, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Obey that mulberry bush obeying you? In this instance, is the, is the hardest. The seed is faith. The seed of faith. So how do you plant a seed of faith? You plant a seed of faith by what you say. Your words are seed. You can say by the seed of faith, mulberry bush be pulled by the roots and be planted in the seed, and it would obey you. Do you have a mulberry bush cancer or sickness in your body? You can tell it to pull it pulled up by the root and it will obey you. Do you have a mulberry bush of debt? Excuse me. You can command it to be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea and it will obey you. Do you have a mulberry bush of sin and corruption in your life that you're sowing to the flesh? You can pull it up by the roots and tell it to be drowned in the sea and it will obey you. Do you have something that it's just a mulberry, but it's, it's bad. It's a weed. And the roots are so twisted and large and complicated. You can't grow anything in that soil because that mulberry bush is just taking over. You can, by the Spirit of God, speak to that roots of that mulberry bush that are being planted up by the roots and be planted in the sea. And it will obey you. Your words are seed. Okay. I'm running out of time. Actually, I'm out of time. Let me just finish this thought and then we'll uh, pick up next week. Our words of faith must be sung to reap the promises of God. It's how the kingdom of God works. In Corinthians it says, all the promises of God are in him are yes and amen to the glory of God through us. Why are they through us? Because we're the ones that need to say them. We're the ones that need to speak them. We're the ones that need to sell them. All the promises of God are seed. The word of God is a seed. And they're already yes, they're already amen. God's already commanded every seed to prove this after its own kind. It's already yes, it's already amen. All the promises of God. But we need to plant them. Okay? He said in 2 Peter, all his divine power has given. We've already received it. All things that pertain to life and godliness are through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which we have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. Those are seed. We've already been given it. It's already been given to us. That through these promises, the seed, you may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that's in this world. How do you get out of the corruption? If you're son of the flesh to reap corruption, how do you get out of the corruption? You get, you, you take the promises of God that pertain to all life and godliness. The seed and great and precious promises that you've already been given, the seed, and through these seed, by planting them, you are partakers of His divine nature. And His divine nature is not going to give in to lust. 
lust not only being uh, something that's immoral, sexual, immoral, but many people are lusting to gossip. Many people are lusting to slander others. Many people are lusting to be depressed. Many people are lusting to be angry. Many people are lusting for food more than they can, more than they should be eating. The list can go on and on and on. Your flesh is very lustful, and you'll reap corruption. But how do you escape that? By taking these promises <coughs> that pertain to life and godliness, living like God, and you're taking the, and receiving great pleasure from that through these, through the seed, you can be partakers of His divine nature. We'll come back to some of these things I'm going through real fast. See, the promises of God are activated by the seed of faith. Proverbs 18, 20 says, A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth, from the produce of his lips. He shall be filled. We already read this, but a man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and evil man out of his evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil, for out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. I'm going through this fast, but you've seen seed time and harvest in here. A couple more real quick before I, 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 we, we, we'll come back to some of these. We'll go a little slower. We have the same spirit of faith. Therefore, we speak. Okay. Proverbs, the mouth of the righteous is a well of life, but violence covers the mouth of the wicked. You see, there's a lot about the mouth and what we say. The lips of the righteous feed many, but the fools lack wisdom. We'll come back to a lot of this later. As we'll be looking at this. We'll be looking at two. As we go come back, we'll be looking at how, um, you know, um, let me just go look at it real quick here. But as I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. He who supplies seeds is sorry. God's the supplier of the seeds. And I'll come back and I'll spend more time with that. Supply, multiply the seed you have sown, and increase the fruits of your righteousness. We'll come back and we'll unpack that a little more. But um, give, give, and they'll be given to you. We'll talk about the, the, the seed of give, the, uh, giving. Okay. Well, we talk about how Jesus is our seed, and how he, and we are his harvest. Jesus died because he says here in Luke, John chapter twelve, the hour has come that the Son of God should be glorified. He's talking about the cross. And most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls on the ground, he's talking about himself, and dies. It remains alone, and it dies, it produces a harvest, a much grain. He's talking about himself. And we are the much grain. We are the harvest of Jesus being put into the ground and dying. Okay. And then we'll eventually get down to trying to get ahead here real quick. Don't be deceived. Whatever a man sows, that he will reap. I want to end on that as we are closing out the day. And I went through this last part a little fast. We'll come back and we'll we'll go through at a more steady pace. The latter part, I have kind of two messages here in one. But don't be deceived. God's not mocked. We can take this a couple different ways. If you're sowing bad seeds, weeds. We know this when it comes to what we know is known sin. 
But sometimes we don't realize some of the things we are doing that's inconvenient, if not a phase of sin. Don't be deceived, that's my mark. If you're sowing sin in your life, you will reap. That's deep. But we can also, in a sense, mock God too, because the good seeds of God will also produce. If we are doubting God, but we are magnifying the negative seeds, a lack, or whatever it might be in our lives, in a sense, we're deceived. This one I said a minute ago, God's a good, good, good father. And if you think God doesn't want to bless you, you're mocking God. God wants to bless you. Everything, everything is a seed. And if you don't like your harvest, you need to change your seed. Because God's word says everything will produce out their own kind. And not only can you receive a harvest for the day, but within that harvest, within the fruit of the harvest, there's more seeds so you can have a future harvest. And I, I haven't fully unpacked this the way I want to, but I believe I've given you some food for thought as we come back next week and we continue to build on this and, and unpack this better and more and deeper. But as we go, I want you to be thinking, everything is a seed, good or bad. It's how the kingdom of God works. It's how the power of darkness works. It's both natural and spiritual. And the spiritual created the natural. So all the natural is a byproduct of what God spoke into being since creation. Everything God, everything God created was the, seed, the harvest of when God said, let there be light. Let there be this. Let there be monkeys. Let there be grasshoppers. Whatever it might be, God spoke it, and it became into being. It's a part of what he said. But he also said we can say some things, and it would obey us. We need to start speaking words of faith. We need to start limiting God. And if you don't like the harvest of, that's going on in your body because of sickness, if you don't like the harvest of lack that's going on in your finances because of lack, you can change your harvest. You can speak to that mulberry bush. You can speak good things. You can take the word of God. We've seen this happen time and time again. People can tell me all day long how this is not true. I can tell you all day long how it is true by the word of God and by the word of our testimony. I can give you testimony after testimony after testimony. We've taken the principles we're not teaching, and they've seen their finances change. They've seen their physical body change. They've seen their family change. They've seen their business change. They've seen their lives change, both in the natural and in the spiritual. Because the same principle works in the natural, and the same principle works in the spiritual. And God created the natural. God, crea God created the spiritual. God created it all. And it's a principle that works in the natural, and it's a principle that works in the spiritual. And if you don't agree with that, then you are mocking God. I love you. You mocker. No, it's a kid. Okay? I'm not, getting, I'm not saying these things to get on your case. I'm saying these things for some of you to wake you up. Okay? I'm not your enemy. I'm your friend. And so, I'm not condemning you, but I might be reproving you. 
There's a difference. They know the difference. Someone who, does, someone who will not be corrected will never grow. But Jesus didn't condemn people, but he did correct. All scripture is proper for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, and the man of God might be fully equipped for good works. Everything is a seed. That can be negative, that can be very positive. And some of us need to do some gardening. Some of us need some weed to go. Some of us need some mulberry bushes to be planted in the seed. Some of us need to stop mimicking God and start moving some mountains. Amen, amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week. We'll talk to you soon.